They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. All right, here we go. Episode uh, 16 of Inside the Mind of D. Scott. I'd be that guy, D. Scott. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, like it, share it, subscribe it. Subscribe to it, not subscribe it. I'm not even sure what that means. Uh, whatever. Follow it. Do do what you got to do. A uh, good friend of mine who happens to also be a DJ. I'm on a DJ run right now. Tony Platinum on the podcast. He has no idea what we're talking about. The good news is, is neither do I. No, but no. whatever. I get to talk to another human being, and that's all that matters. Yeah, how is uh, – I know you're, you're, you've been doing some live streaming and stuff, DJing and stuff. Other than that, uh, what, what's going on for quarantine, like, while you're stuck in your house? You know, uh, I'm just making the best of it. Like, I, you know, when this all first started, uh, I think I was like anybody else. I, just was like, I don't know what the hell we're going through right now. Right. So – Maybe it'll be 30 days or 15 days, and yeah, we'll make that. Sure, I've got time now. Cool. And then it was 60 days, and now it's just who knows days. Um, and then I've just tried to do everything I can to come out of this better than I went into it. You know okay. what I mean? Um, I think, the unfortunately, you know, this can get to a lot of people, and there's a lot of people dealing with a lot way worse stuff than me. I'm, I'm pretty lucky. You know, even though being a DJ and I have no gigs at all, um, I have a pretty good career. So uh, I had a, I had something to fall back on. You know, I had mm-hmm. stuff to fall back on, money to fall back on. There are people way worse than me. And my biggest thing was, what do I do during this? Well, I take care of myself. I take care of my family. Uh, I take care of myself mentally, physically, you know, working out, doing things to not lose your mind. And of course, DJing was a big thing of that. I mean, that's what I do to make my connection with human beings. So the biggest important thing to me was, how do I still connect to human beings? Um, and it's really weird doing it virtually. Um, <laughs> because as a DJ, and, and you know this from being in the industry, you've been around us for so long. God, how long have we known each other? For forever. Right. Um, the the immediate reaction from the crowd is what keeps us rolling. Mm-hmm. There is no immediate reaction from the crowd. It's just maybe a comment in the chat room and some people are enjoying it and, and it's great, but we are not feeling that energy. A song drops and we watch the place explode. And that is the, the, the it's much like, you know, we, everybody's been watching this Jordan documentary, right. you know, when he hits a shot and the place go nuts and he knows he has you, that's when Jordan goes into winning time. You know what I mean? Well, same for a DJ. You know, we're just as competitive. When we see we have that dance floor and it's ours, mm-hmm. that puts us in the same zone that we are just going off for the next hour and a half or however long our set is. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to do that. So we're just trying to have fun with it. Uh, you know, maybe we have a couple extra drinks than we normally would while we're live streaming and, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, why the dog is looking at me weird, but you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm trying, if I can, 
if what I do on a Friday and Saturday night can still translate through a computer screen and people can still enjoy music and enjoy the, the, the momentary release and the get away from it all, then that is all that it's worth, right? Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Why well, um, we entertain, you know what I mean? I've watched a couple of yours, a couple of dreads. Um, definitely was drinking. Him and I talked about it the other day. I was. Dreads and mine are a little different. He gets the, you know, he, you know, he, he has a fest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He has <laughs> fun. Like, I know there was a couple of nights with dread where I like, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Like, I got to go to bed because I've had too yeah. much to drink alone and it's two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I jump on social the next day and I see the video and it's like the last one where, you know, he got kicked off and jumped back on. And the last one was like an hour and a half ago. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, he yeah, started at like yeah. 10 o'clock and went till like four or five in the morning. Listen, we could go forever, but at some point you're just like, I, so my rule has been two hours. Like yeah, I'll do two hours and if I'm feeling really in a good mood, then I'll keep going. Um, and if there's a lot of participation in the, in the room. Um, but the biggest frustration is, you know, you talk about being in a zone, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I heard the podcast with Dread. you know, we get our zone broken in live because some jackass comes up to us and interrupts us in the middle of our flow. Right. You know what I mean? You know, and it's like, bro, I need this song because it's my girl's birthday. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about you or your girlfriend, you know, just, yeah. who cares? just let me do, I'm a professional, let me do what I do. Right. But we get our zone broken in a live stream when Facebook or Instagram kicks us off. Right. You know, and it's maddening because whatever the reason, you know, Facebook was started for people to connect and because everything moves to a corporate bullshit thing yeah. of money rules over content and what the original thing was designed to be, we as DJs who are just trying to make everybody happy right now are getting kicked off. We're playing music that is just meant to entertain. Right. That's all we're doing, you know? So that's yeah, frustrating. Then we got to restart the feed and we got to deal with it again. And then we lose half of our feed and they think we're done and eh, whatever, you know? Which to me is, is weird. I mean, I get it to an extent because of the, the side of the business that I'm on with the music and dealing with record labels and stuff. But I always thought that was more so for like uh monetary gain. Like you couldn't use your money to like, to, you, you couldn't like resell it. You can't use it without their permission in the commercial. You can't correct use it without their permission. If you're making, if there's some sort of return on that, you guys aren't making anything doing these live streams. No. And you know, we've, I think all of us have gotten really good at uh, copyright law now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, every one of us has Googled the fair use act of 1976 and we're, it's like, you know, we know it to a T. Um, <laughs> But at the end of the day, and while we are, every one of us is submitting disputes when they are blocking our videos or muting our videos, and we're all winning our disputes based on that fair use act. However, doesn't stop the bots from kicking you immediately. You know what I mean? Like the bots are still working against you. And I, and I get it, but I, you know, if I'm dropping a Tribe Called Quest song, I'm pretty sure Q-Tip doesn't give a shit. He's probably happy that my... And first off, I, I, dude, I'm playing to 45 people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe right. on the on the on the good stuff, I've got 60 or 70 streaming in at one point. On the low end, 10. I'm not crushing Tribe Called Quest Bank or any of these other artists' bank by putting it out there. If anything, 
I'm exposing it to a new audience and a true artist is down with that all day. Right. How somebody that is going to Shazam that or, uh, you know, Google search that song and go, I love this song. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was the purpose of coming up with different live streams. I wanted to do different categories. So when I do Wednesday, I do old school hip hop and R&B. Yep. Stuff from we were, you know what I mean, and it's funny. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, we're doing, we're doing old school like Kingy," and I'm like, "No, like <laughs> Grand Poopa and yeah. like Daz the Fact and like Rakim and Eric B, like real like Grandmaster Flash, like <laughs> stuff from hip hop was." Oh, I'm sorry, man. You you think in 2004, 2010 is old school? Okay, I forgot what one. You didn't play that old school Nick Cannon and Chingy song? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no, you gotta go way back in the day. You gotta play "Run It" by Chris Brown. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I wanted to do something that focused on a. It was just catch a name way back Wednesday. Get it? Whatever. I'm not a marketing genius. I'm stealing that from somebody else. You know, <laughs> take the detail. Um, but it just made sense. And then Saturday, I kind of do whatever the hell I want. I call it Saturday session, and it's kind of just a more. And I do it during the day because everybody and their mother, as a DJ, is streaming at night. And right. I didn't really want to come against my friends. That made no sense. And I've always been the guy that's like, listen, even on in the club or even on the on an event where there's a ton of DJs, I don't mind opening up or being that mid set. Like, it's, right. my job is just as important as the headline, right? Yeah. So I was just like, all right, I'll do Saturdays at four o'clock or like six o'clock or something like that, just to set everybody up for the night. And that time may be just as important. People are out. You know, now that it's nice weather, people are outside. Maybe they just turn me on and they're enjoying it while they're grilling the barbecue. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was, I tried to do it because I just wasn't, I'm never trying to battle with anybody else because it's not about, I hope I get more views than you. It's that if done correctly, we can have a whole day of some of the best DJs in this area streaming. And then there's going to be DJs around the world streaming late night. And you can go watch them too. And on a good day, you could literally listen to 12 hours of amazing. Right. Which yeah. is, I mean, it's, it's the one thing too that, you know, I've, I've said it in the past with music. Uh, music is such a great escape for everyone, regardless of the, whatever kind of music you're into. If you like good music and you listen to everything, you don't have to necessarily be like an old school hip hop fan, but you can still listen to it and be like, this is good music. Like, I can listen to stuff that I don't enjoy and go, all right, I understand it. I'm not going to listen to it outside of this, but, you know, I get we, my we people. Like, you guys. We know you don't like House. I don't like House, but it, it but I, no. we, I made that perfectly clear with Trent. Listen, I, man, House is like, listen, this is, uh, I do this all the time. House is like soccer. The rest of the world loves it, but Americans don't get it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, like I'm, everywhere else in the world, they play soccer. Where everywhere else in the world they play house music. You go to a club anywhere outside of America, it's house music. Right. Hip hop doesn't exist out there. I mean, it does, but it just doesn't. And it's like soccer's the same way. And you have soccer guy and you have house guy, and they are brothers forever. You know what I mean? Like they, you know, they will explain to you. They will say to you, man, yo, you know why soccer's beautiful? Because it's like a chess match, man. And they're like, why do they go backwards? Because it's strategic you know what i mean it's strategic to pull the other team forward it's it's the same hip-hop is as a as a culture is raw and in your face mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? It was a way of explaining to people outside of the ghetto what was going on. And it was a way for them to release in the beginning and just party. You know what I mean? And it's, and it, and house is more of like, uh, you know, it's, it's more of like a chess match, you know, in a way. And it's, you know, when you get into it, it's like, there's a, there's, there are people that die hard about house and there are people that, you know what I mean? And for me, I grew up listening to all of it. And I just, as much as I grew up listening to Zeppelin and the Beatles, I right. just love implementing different styles of music when I spin. You know what I mean? Because I think the greatest thing that you can do as a DJ is is push people off balance, catch them off guard, and make them constantly think, I know where he's going to go, and have no clue. Right. You know what I mean? But again, you know, it's it's an area thing. You know what I mean? You and Jeb were talking. This area is a smaller market, so you know, spinning in New York City, I can spin three hours a house and nobody says anything. I spend right. 20 minutes a house on here and they're like, yo, bro, man, you have Cardi B. <laughs> they'll be like, no, I don't, I don't play criminals and trash bags. I don't play Cardi B. Sorry. That might get you thrown off the air on this. Uh, sorry. That's not 100. It's all right. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. It's not the first but no, but you know what? But that's, that's the thing. It's like, uh, house guys, it's not. You know, when soccer guy is super dedicated to soccer, you know, like, yeah, no, tell I mean, you why it, yeah. for, for me, I never got into soccer, um, but I have a ton of respect for the people that play it. I don't, yeah. I, I would never, I would never knock the sports. Same thing with hockey. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to sit and watch hockey, but, yeah. um, but I have a ton of respect for the athletes that play it because it's constantly running like baseball. You're standing there waiting for someone to hit you the ball. Football. I love you love baseball. I know you love baseball, man. Right. How many how many times have we done the you know the Valley Cat games together? You know what I mean? Right. Like, but right. It, I, you know, for for action, you know, people are like, well, there's no scoring in soccer. I'm like, dude, baseball is like four hours long, and you literally yeah. just sit there and wait for the guy to throw the ball. And more times than not, the guy with the ball has the advantage on the guy with the bat. So yes. what the hell? Yeah, no. You know? Right. And, you know, look, man, that's the beauty about life. Like, you have the right to like and, and have your argument to why you like a certain sport. That's why sports and music together are these amazing things. You know, um, the fact that we're all going through this and there's no live sports, that's almost like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sports are the one thing that – you know, sports and music. Could you imagine if there was no music either? No. Because sports and music are the one of the two things in the world that regardless of who you root for and the passion that you put towards a team or a, or an artist or a style of music or whatever, really when it comes right down to it, those two things unite and feel bigger than anything else. Right. You know? Absolutely. I remember after, I remember after 9-11, uh, that first game played in Chase Stadium. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was Braves Mets and it was the first game played back in New York. And I can, I can remember that day like it was yesterday. And Mets are losing and Piazza steps up and hits that two run shot to give us the lead. And man, it was like every New Yorker could breathe, sing, cry. Like they could just let out emotions of what we were all feeling about mm-hmm. for those last few days. And that's music, man. When it hits. 
you feel no pain. Right. You know yeah, I mean? I that's, to, the beauty, that's the beauty of it. I try not to think about the, uh, the 01 season because uh, although the Yankees made, they made the World Series, and I'm like, well, they got to win, man. It's, after everything that it happened in sense. New York City, it was like, it's like destiny. How are they not going to win? And then they lost to the fucking Diamondbacks. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I try not to think of. I try not to think of any season as a match. Fair enough. Just, I'm just like, hey, we, hey, we we went to the World Series a couple years ago. How'd you do? Ah, oh, we lost again. I feel like uh, the the Mets feel like uh, like LeBron until he won one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're here again, but probably know how's this gonna go. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're not looking forward to baseball season. As oh, always, until about and now, we whatever. Had, we had uh, groups, the groups that you ran into when we went through Danny's things, and yeah, uh, yeah. we had we had plans to go to some Yankee games. We were actually going to go to Cooperstown to go to the uh, Jeter induction, which now we have uh, a little, we have a little bit more time to plan it at least because like we sure. literally had do we had nothing. They were like, we'll go down and we'll do a thing, and I'm like, okay, how are we getting there? Where are we sleeping? What are right. we doing? And they were like, so happy. I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know. We're gonna be like two hours from home with no plans at all. Like, Listen, I know half that crew. That's very much them. I'm like, we're not. This isn't Woodstock, man. We're not hippies. We don't just go and we're not gonna just sleep. Like, like I got and, a sleeping bag in the tent. And I'm pretty sure the town of Cooperstown is not gonna let us just sleep on the streets or in some field. Just saying. Why they have hotels? It's weird. Well, yeah, but if you're going down that time, I'm pretty sure all the hotels were booked. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming the Jeter induction was going to be relatively packed. So pretty you know, pretty big. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you've heard of him. He, you know, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was, he was pretty good. He was just one vote shy of the second unanimous dude getting into the Hall of Fame. But whatever. I mean, yeah. it's really not that. And, good. Yeah, and there's really only one guy that ever got unanimous. Probably is the only guy that deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, although, yeah. fuck the guy. I mean, I went, yeah, I went for Piazza and Griffey, and it was a mob scene that day. Nice. Because you have Piazza in New York, and you have Griffey, who, whether you like the Mariners or the Reds, you love Griffey. There's the generation of people that love Griffey like they love Jordan and don't like the Bulls. Right. Yeah, it's and just Griffey. Griffey was – he was something else, man. I mean, he was just – I actually – I got to see him play against the Yankees in the old stadium when he was still, I think, maybe two, three years into the league. Actually saw him hit his first career grand slam, which was pretty awesome. Didn't realize it at the time. But, you know, he there was just something about him. A, I think it was a, a lot to do with the friendly demeanor that he had. Really nice. You know, he was just always smiling, just enjoyed the game. Yeah. Seemed, seemed like a great dude. And, man, that kid could play baseball. Holy shit. Sweetest swing I've ever seen. Yeah. Probably one of the sweetest swings ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and again, that's the thing. Like, you didn't have to be, uh, you know, a Mariners fan or a Reds fan. You got Griffey. You know what I mean? Like, right. you didn't have to be a Blues fan. You got Jordan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Now, I, um, as a diehard Lakers fan, hated Jordan because he ruined the '90s for me. <laughs> you know, like think of me as a Laker fan. I got the '80s. We had five titles, and I got the 2000s. We had five titles. And in the middle is this beast who just is never going to be beaten. And he, you know, he basically 
He beats that Magic in 91. I cried. Um, I'm okay with that. I cried. And I actually, funny enough, that next summer got an autographed picture of Jordan from my uncle who worked at Madison Square Garden Security. Nice. Um, yeah, my, my uncle worked security for, for the Garden, for Shea Stadium, and Yankee Stadium for years. So Damn. I had... I have memorabilia and pictures of going to, you know, like I'm literally looking at a picture of White Gooden and my uncle right now on my desk. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just, just random signed Dwight Gooden and my uncle. Uh, you know, I would get Rangers talks. I'd get everything. Um, but I got this port, I got this autographed poster of Michael Jordan and it was 92. So it was like right after all that happened. And mm-hmm. I balled it up and threw it. I threw it in my, in my closet. Oh, balled up. And then I was about 18, and I went, Jordan retired, and I went, shit, where's that poster? <laughs> and, it was, and by then, by then it was confetti. Right. But listen, that is what a 12 or 13-year-old kid, as a fan of another team, that that dude just beat your team, that's what you should do. Right. That's yeah, you you don't know any better. I mean, I think about all the stuff that I had when I was a kid. Um, a couple of episodes, a couple of episodes ago, I had my buddy Matt Halleck on, and he's been going through all his like. Great stuff. Energy, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. A uh, lot of stuff he's been going through on like Instagram, posting stuff on his Instagram and Facebook, going through his old stuff from high school. He's got clippings from when he played uh, Mount St. Mary baseball and you know papers, and but then he pulls out all his Sports Illustrated, all his Jordan magazines. Um, oh, USA Today, yeah. Steady Hat, like all these, and I'm like, dude, I had all those too, but I cut them up and I put the pictures on my wall, like, it is yeah. and he he kept all of them. I mean, I don't know what you know any of that would be worth, other than the memories at this at this point. Like, I have a sure. Jordan, I have a Jordan starting lineup. That's about it. Yeah, hey, listen, I found some old stuff the other day. I have a Shaquille O'Neal rookie card, completely encased in glass. So who knows what that will be worth, but I found it. And I found a right. Pedro Martinez rookie card, too. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Montreal Expos, for any of you kids out there, Montreal Expos used to be a baseball team. Yeah, I went, to one, of, I, I went to one of their games. Our se- or, No, not our senior trip. Yeah. I'm sorry. Our seventh grade trip was to Montreal, and we went up for that like – That would have been like the strike year, maybe. No, uh, maybe a little earlier, I don't even uh, no because they I, I mean they had they had their players like Tim Raines was playing and like their main the re, the regular players were playing but it was like right. trying to think we went up for like a weekend we had to do some educational stuff because it was a school trip uh, we got to go right, to yeah. like Olympic Stadium and use the swimming facility like use the pools and stuff like that uh, which was great because like they had all the high dives and whatnot so we convinced one of our friends to try to do a flip off like the 12 meter board or whatever the hell it is. I don't know how high it is because you know, everything. I don't know what a meter is, man. I know what a yard is. Right. I was like, I'm like my buddy, Eric. uh, And I'm surprised Matt and I didn't talk about this, although I'm going to have him on again. So I'm sure we'll, we'll jump back. Um, I I have no idea how many feet in the air we were above the water, but I'm like, yo, you should try to do a flip. He's like, all right. I'm like, that was easy. So he did like a one and a half because he didn't really like he didn't jump off the platform. He just kind of fell. And it's not yeah. like he, had any, he, and he didn't know what he was doing. Like we're not we weren't divers. So he just kind of like he was he was tumbling, got around one and a half times. And by the the half the time he was flat on any right into the pool. 
Then we were up on the platform and you could hear the smack. When we saw him again, from his chin to his belly button was cherry red. (laughs) He goes, Oh, he was like, That hurt a lot. I'm like, Yeah, it sounded like it. I was like, We were way up here. But, uh, like an idiot. So. Yeah, you listen to me. I Jesus Christ, I can't. Nobody should ever listen to what I would say because I wasn't going to no. do it. <laughs> yeah, you were like, "Come on, my podcast." And I was like, "This seems like a bad idea." <laughs> but uh, so we we did the the swimming thing, and then we got to go to an Expos game, and it was it was cool. I mean, it was like us there. <laughs> that, that might have been yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason. Where were you at? Sure, you were in Tampa Bay. You sure, you were in Tampa Bay. <laughs> it was it was pretty much the, was pretty much the same thing. Um, right. Although yeah, it's see, North. we got to see Rock Reigns steal his 200th career base, which was pretty neat. That's um, pretty cool. And that's really all I remember from the game. I, you know, but we were with our entire class, so as much as I liked baseball, it's not like I was sitting there watching the game. Like we were just all over the place. And, and here's the here's the most effed up thing about this is. You didn't even pay attention, and now you – like, how much we take for granted just the ability to go to a baseball game. Right, yeah. I mean, like, that's how silly it is in a, in a weird way, but that's just that, – there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how we are. Right. We just don't see the moment because we never think that anything will be different. That's true. That is true. You know what I mean? like, don't we, think uh, that someday there's – hey, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> what do you mean we can't go anywhere? Nope, can't. You're no anywhere. You can only go to the market and Target, and that's it. That's all. That's all. That's the only places you can go. I got lucky, at least with what I do. I got the, you know, I come in every day and and I get to do my show and stuff like that. But my office work is it's all done. Like out there, basically, that's he's got rubbing in that he's employed to everyone that's not. Yeah, but it's it's really not. I mean, dude, I'm like. For everyone that's working at home, my office work is all done in the dining room, and then I, you know, at five thirty, come in right. and do what I got to do for the show, and then off I go back home. I'm like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, but and also people don't understand. You might be one of the hardest working people in radio. Right? Well, I I appreciate that. Uh, you're but, you're I I would I would be at an event with you where you're taping a piece for another uh, another show that you're doing, or you're going to be live in a Connecticut. Uh, on the Connecticut thing or something later that night. And I'm like, how are you doing that? You're like, oh, man, technology. And I'm like, oh, okay. yeah. you're not driving to Connecticut. You could have fooled me. So I would have known. I just, I'm like, fucking my friend is James Brown. Yeah, I get, I get, I get done with my shit here. And then I drive two hours to New Haven and I do my show. Yeah. You take a plane, you know, you chartered. Yeah. I take the, the company helicopter from here. But you work, well, you work this hard for two reasons. Like, you love what you do. Right. Okay. I think that's huge. Like, I didn't get into this business because I thought DJing was cool. I know it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't do it because I wanted to be cool. And there's a lot of people nowadays that are just DJing because they're cool. And their time, their their time is fucking coming. But, uh, like, you don't get to just be a DJ and, like, slap on some DJ gear and be cool. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get the DJ starter kit, black V-neck, you know, backwards hat, chain. And get to just be an awesome DJ automatically. Like, you've got to pay your dues. But right. you've paid your dues in the radio business. You do it for that. And you do it because it provides really – like, A, it provides for your family. And, I, man, I don't know anybody that loves your family more than you. You know what I mean? Like, you'll do anything, especially when it comes 
you know, to providing all the joys that come for your kids. You know what I mean? Like, I know that. So it's like, but you get to in turn do something that you love while you're making money. Right. Just literally nothing on the planet that can do that. True. Very you know? true. Yep. I mean, now I, mean I, I know a long time. I know a long time ago my father said to me, do something you love and the money will come. Yep. I'm still waiting for the right. money part. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I got some money coming. I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. It'll be here. It'll be here eventually. Uh, pro- yeah, probably, when, probably when I'm old enough to retire and couldn't collect on my IRAs and my own, and all my investments. Um, that's yeah. about it. You know, it's not going to come from radio, which it, it's funny too. Like some of the people in radio that, that, that keep doing it. They're like, well, I love it. I'm like, yeah, there's no retiring from radio. Like you can't, like you just, no. I don't know. I mean, you can, but there are. Howard Stern, can. Howard Stern could do it. Um, Elvis Duran yeah. could walk away and be okay. Ryan, C, you know, Seacrest, Rush Limbaugh, yeah. guys like that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you always hear the, you know, the one percenters. Well, those are the one percenters in radio that can walk away. Um, yeah. And the, the rest of us really, it's this, this labor of love that we have for this business just because it's fun. Like you're, for the most part, the people in radio are, are mostly creative. There are some that aren't, but it's a creative outlet for us. You know, I, I put together breaks, although I do it. I, I think about it when I talk about it and I'm like, yeah, no, when I turn the mic on, man, I just kind of do stuff. Like I say things yeah. and I don't really think about it. And then it's a when I talk, when I talk to other people, they're like, dude, but the way you did this and the way, and I'm like, I just kind of did it. Like, you know, it's not, it's not something, it's always come natural, the on air part of it. Um, which I think it just comes from this award-winning personality that I have. <laughs> oh, I mean, Peabody's and all that. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, it's. It really knows you. That's funny. What's that? That right. That's funny what you said if anybody knows you. I, yeah, well, yeah, hopefully, I mean, all, all eight people that listen to this are probably related to me in some way, so they know they know me. Spike, you might get a spike for this one. It might be 12. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I bring um, a solid three people. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was funny the other day, or yes, yesterday, uh, we get an email from our promotions director, and someone had emailed the station about the podcast I did with Matt. And uh, I was like, holy cow, like someone enjoyed it that I'm not blood related to. So I texted mm-hmm. Matt and I'm like, hey, do you know so-and-so? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's my brother-in-law. I've known him for like 20 years. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> but I'm like, like I'm not telling, yo, I'm not telling anybody that though. I'm not going to, I'm not telling, I mean, unless, well, yeah, they had, yeah, but they, the people that I didn't tell would have to listen right. to this. So. Right. Yeah. True. And you can always edit this out afterwards. Yeah, I don't listen. If it's on here, it's going. It, it's getting posted. It's on here. It, with, Fuck it, I'll do one. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, dude. Listen, now that we were doing us, you know, because because of not being able to have people in the studio to sit down and just kind of bullshit with and having to do it on Zoom. So when I get done, because it records the Zoom, and then I have to save it to my computer, and then after it right. saves, I have to transfer it to my Google Drive so that I can convert it to an MP3. And then yeah, load it in, and, dude. Just the saving process from like for it to save the MP4 will take like 45 minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think people understand this at all. 
No, you know, people that don't know audiovisual and the technology behind it, they're just like, which is also why people don't understand what it is you or I do, which is why, again, spoke about this with Red, which is why the ignorance of people is so upsetting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in the middle of something, ass clown. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I'm doing something, and it's but, and the funny thing is, is I don't know when this changed, but, you know, there's a great, um, great documentary series on Netflix called Hip Hop Evolution. Okay. And it literally starts from the beginning with Cool Herc and the whole birth of hip hop and DJing, uh, essentially, because if, and that is why at the end of the day, I love how things, I love other genres. But if you're a true DJ, you have to love hip hop because that's where it came from. There's no such right. thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Other than that. Um, and it tells an amazing story of how it all progressed. But what it does tell that always sticks in my head is so long, for so long, DJs were it. Mm-hmm. People would come to the club to see what a DJ would do. They were waiting. And what we played was the culture. That's it. Right. Like if I played the Sesame Street song, you know what I mean, but dropped a break over it, that's the coolest joint on ever. You right. know what I mean? Because it did, because what we did set the trend. And mm-hmm. somewhere, and I know exactly where it happened, and it was the birth of super producers, because it even goes over it in this documentary. When and nothing wrong with the Neptunes and Timbaland and all those guys. Great music. But when the producer started to become the engine for the music to get out and not the DJ anymore, mm-hmm. the respect level of a DJ flattened out. Gotcha. And now we had to figure out a way to still set a trend. And that's why it's the DJ business anymore. It's the music business. And if you're not producing or coming up with original content or original mixes or redrums or reworks or re-edits or you know, reprises, well, then forget it. Like, anything, and that is why there's no respect for, in a lot of ways, the DJ anymore. But for those that do, that is, but for those that do, and, you know, Dred spoke of this, it literally makes, I know what I do. Mm. It's a small piece of the puzzle. But I know that on a Friday or Saturday night, I know you come to the club to blow off steam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or you go to that private event that I'm doing and you've had a shitty week because life is stressful nowadays, man. You yeah. know, we have never had in the history of this world more mental health issues than we ever have, or we're just talking about it. Anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And I am super big on people sharing their truths and being their truth. Like someone like you who is like, listen, I struggle with X, Y, Z. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, yeah. even though it's not as important as the guy who fought in the war whose mental health issues were way more important than yours, you've got. That yeah. obviously is a competition. Of course it's a competition. Yeah. It's always fun when you kind of, when, when people like to, uh, to measure it. Well, I, I got this. Okay. But sure. Actually, no. Right. It's not a competition. Yeah. That was actually something that happened to me on Facebook, right? <laughs> I know. And, the, and it was yeah. like this, episode of your podcast and it was like a 20 minute rant 
I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so, for any of you that don't know, we're not, you know, shooting down, you know, the amazing things that the men and women of our military do, our frontline officers and all that. We are literally talking about one jackass that reached out to be shot and made it seem like his mental health issues or him caring about his friends with mental health issues didn't compute to his mental health issue, the guy right. that was attacking him. Yeah, it was you know, because, it was fun because mine because mine's more important because we're children. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, like fucking yeah. four year old with no clothes. That was that was funny with that guy though, because uh, turns out my dad knew him, and considering me and my dad have the same name, I'm I not remember sure. that. You were worried. So I'm thinking, well, but the thing is too is I'm thinking that guy thought it was my dad too, but I know my dad reached out to Ooh. him on Facebook. Right. He was like, "Yo, what's your problem? Like, what are you doing? Like." And the dude right. took all of his shit that like he he I think he blocked me yeah. to be honest. But. Well, you know, we, sometimes we say things quickly and don't realize, and then it's called you know uh, you know like alcohol bra- you know braveness. Like you're just mm-hmm. like ah, and then you're like ah, shut up, shut up, shut up. you know. Um, <laughs> but but the point of it all is is that I know that on a Saturday, my job is to let you blow off steam for the week. Mm-hmm. Like if I can if I can make you have an amazing time where you are literally going through your Instagram stories the next day with all your friends what an incredible time that night before was. Yeah. Then I did my job because I got you through another week. It's simple, but it's a big deal. And the responsibility of that is also why it pisses me off people who don't really respect what a DJ is and just want to be a DJ because it looks cool and it gets a girl. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you know. Like, it is not a pickup engine. Yes, that shit comes along with it. But uh, the point of it is, is there are people, you know, and you're, credit to you, you only fuck with those people. You know what I mean? The people that really care. The people that know that what we're doing matters. And it's a craft. And we've all done, just like you, we've all done the 10,000 hours. We've all done the work to become... I don't know, a quote-unquote expert. They can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is that, like, I didn't walk into this half-assed a long, 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 long time ago. Right. I did it because, yeah, it seemed fun. But as I got into it more and more, I and now that I'm older and wiser and I get it, I understand that I really can be the difference in someone's night or their weekend or their anything, you know, it's, it's just, it goes back to music is beautiful. And maybe I turn somebody on to their new favorite song. And that's why I play so much shit in a club. And that's why when you come up to me and you're like, yo, reggaeton, I'm like, bro, I just played that a half an hour. Where were you? Basically the rule is this every half hour switch the genre. You know what I mean? Um, because it's not always, it's, you know, there's exceptions to the rule, but the, the job should be that, especially if you're playing, a, you know, a pretty, you know, diverse nightclub or venue or bar or whatever you want to call it. Um, your job is to make sure everybody has a good time, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in order to do that, you have to touch on everything. You know, there, we live in a different world now. It's not, you know, because of the internet and because of being able to access Spotify and iHeart app and all that jazz, yeah. uh, like, it's so easy to grab and learn music. So, 
I can play everything because I don't because the crowd knows it. Right. You know what I mean? They, yep. they at least they know Latin or they know world rhythms or they know reggaeton or they know um, hip hop or they know house or they know techno. They know a little bit of everything. And yep. as long as you can stick to those core songs of that genre and then throw a couple like, you know, because you've always got the, again, like soccer guy. Oh, you're playing commercial shit, dude. <laughs> you know, like I give a shit whether you think I, like your street cred of me is really a big deal. You know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> care if you don't think I'm good enough. Like I make more money in a night than you. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's not even shit, but it's like, don't, you know, you work at an office job and I'm sure your job is as essential as everybody else's. You gotta use that word now. Um, but like they pay me money to do this. So just, could you just fucking trust that I know what I'm doing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, give me 30 seconds and I probably, cause it's the same guy that 30 seconds later is like, dude, you're incredible. And I'm like, do you have, like, are you bipolar? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, are you the same person? Is this one of your personalities? You know, it's the same how, you know, at the, uh, at the peak, you can be thrown an amazing party and people are just telling you how amazing you are. Then 30 minutes after you're over, you're carrying your equipment out of the venue and you're like, oh, excuse me. And they're like, fuck out of my way, dude. And you're like, I'm the same guy. It's like, <laughs> you know, but I don't have headphones on and I'm not behind a booth anymore. So it's like, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman. You know what I mean? Like it's, you're a completely different person at, you know, like Clark Kent Superman. Now, now though, you're the nerd. Even though you're still wearing the exact same clothes. You don't even like Yeah, and by, and by the way, I'm dripping with sweat yeah. and I've just poured my heart out for you. And you can't well I'm carrying sixty pound speakers two at a time. You can't just like move two feet yeah. out of my way. You know, because I <laughs> you know, it, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous, but I know why I do it, so you put all that away, and you just right. say, you know what I mean? Like, you can't let, in anything in life, you can't let those people get to you, because you just, God, I just, I'd lose it every day. You know what well, I mean? Like, you know, it's it's funny, like, there's a thing that I always see on, like, one of the, and on social media is floating around, where it's like, you can't make everyone happy, you're not pizza. Yeah. And, I agree. Like we deal with it too, where it's like, you know, well, why don't you guys play these songs or why don't you do this? And it's like, cause sorry, you're not going to make everyone yeah. happy. Um, we do when we do contests. Well, how come I didn't win? Yeah. You weren't the right person to call. I don't know. Right. Sorry, man. I can't. And we try our best, especially with us. Like we try our best because we're, this is like the, like the ultimate popularity contest with radio. That's all we want. We just want to be the popular guys. Cause that's, yeah, yeah. that's how you get the ratings or whatever. But it's like, I can't, I can't do that. And I, I try hard, especially when we're out to, to be as nice to everyone as I possibly can. But you do run into those one or two people that just really rub you the wrong way and or come at you like want to win everything. Like your entire table yeah. full of prizes. They're like, give me all of it. I'm like, I can't do that, man. I've been here for five minutes. I can't give you everything. Like we, I got well, another. Well, that's the, that's the same person whose parents never spanked him and told him no. So. Right. That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. We get on yeah. that train. Yeah. You yeah, I know. No. We're going to. I try my best to not offend anyone on my podcast, although. No. I, and we I'm would sure. never do that. What, offend somebody? 
Not on purpose. Yeah, no, and I, I try not to offend anybody ever, except for when I actually mean to offend you. Right. Yeah, you no, know. It, and then I'm just going to tell you, the rest of this is going to be really offensive to you. Right. I hope. Yeah, no, if I'm if I'm offending you, it means I'm direct. I'm I'm coming directly at you to do so. Like, like yeah. if I'm if I just happen to be saying something and you get offended, it was not on purpose. Believe me, it was just right, me. Right. like I, I'm trying. Of, it's easy to offend people nowadays. That's true. That is very, very yeah. true. Like so. we, we grew up being told no all the time. Yeah. We're cool with no. We're cool with no. We just find a better way. Listen, I'm a DJ. Do you know how many times I'm told no that I'm not good <laughs> enough? Right. Like I reach out to a place that I know I'm better than their DJ. And it's not ego. It's confidence. It's my skill is better. I do what I do better. And I know my lane, by the way. Okay. Um, I don't lie to myself at all i am not as far as a dj goes i know what kind of dj I am. as a matter of fact i don't even have you know i bill myself as tony platinum i don't put dj in front of it for a very good reason yes i am a dj but um there are people out there that as a skilled turntablist red npg element will wax the floor with me scratching right i know that what i do that I will put myself up against anybody is I entertain. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And I act as if I'm the biggest star in the world when I perform because you deserve that. And some people are going to look at me and go, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Who I think I am is somebody that is going to give you 100% because even if you, like, listen, if you paid $150 for a ticket to see me, which you never have, um, or you paid, you <laughs> probably never will, uh, or you paid five dollars to see me. The point is, is that I'm gonna entertain. I'm going to be the full thing. I'm gonna be the microphone. I'm gonna be the dancing behind the booth. I'm gonna be, you know, the spring of the CO2 gun. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be a complete personality. And that's who I transform to as Tony Platinum. But I know that, yeah, I can scratch. I'm good. I am not as good as those guys, and I'm not as good as the best ones in the world. And I could focus on that, but you know, a long time ago, I learned work with your strengths and build your strengths in anything. Mm-hmm. Listen, let this be a lesson to, I don't give a shit if you're a DJ or you're anything. Whatever you do in life, you can't overcome your weaknesses fully. So, but you can put things around them to isolate them. That's why, that's why back in the day, people built forts to keep other people out. During war, you know, like, like you just isolated yourself to, to to lower your weaknesses from being attacked. Right. But as I know that I will just come full force and give you a hell of a show, and I know that's where um, that's where I that's where my strengths lie, and I just push my strengths all in. And you either love that or you don't, and I it's hard because who you see as Tony Platinum on a night that you see me is way different than seeing me in the grocery store on Monday. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, oh yeah. I am not just tossing shit and screaming at people. <laughs> I need a pound of Like, you know, like I'm not doing that. You know I mean? like, right. It's not, that just seems weird, you know? Uh, otherwise I'd just be DMX. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need some water. Like, settle down. You know, like, it's it's funny because right. when I run into people and they go like and they like they find out who I am or if I get to know somebody and I tell them you know what I do and they've heard me on the radio which 
more times than not, it kind of turns into, because I always get the, you sound a lot different on the radio. And I'm like, yeah, well, for one, our mics are processed. For two, right. like my energy level when I'm talking just in, like now, as opposed to right, my right. energy level when I'm on the radio are completely different. I was like, if I walked around talking and acting like I, if I talk like I did on the radio all the time, people would be like, yeah. what's wrong with that guy? Like, what is he on? And why is he so energetic always, you know? So yeah, like 10 minutes like, later, <laughs> I'd be asleep. Yeah, just saying what I just said as if I was yelling in a grocery store, I'm beat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm tired already. It used to be funny. That's, like, that's, that's the other thing is like people don't understand the uh, stamina of being a DJ. You're standing on your feet for anywhere between four to six hours a night. Right. Bouncing and screaming on a microphone and, you know, three days of gigs. And, you know, Monday you're like, don't, just don't talk to me. <laughs> like phones off, you know, Sleep dark off. place, cold, wet, wet washcloth on your head. it's just you know it's not a good it's not a good look but we but that's why i always scream to all my you know dj friends and anybody you know listen the more you take care of yourself like mentally and physically the more apt you're able to do this none of us are getting any younger and you know it's you know taking care of yourself super huge especially during this time you know what i mean like you literally have a virus running around killing people but the healthier you are, the less chance you'll be hurt by it. So it's yep. like, duh. <laughs> you know, like, but I'm going to go get McDonald's and wash it down with a Super Bowl. Good luck. You oh, know what I mean? Like, I mean, I probably will do that later, but whatever. Probably. I think I said that on purpose. <laughs> you know, it's, you funny have questions? It's, it's funny that you, you say that, though, because, like, when I used to get done, back when radio was always live, um, you know, I get done doing like a five hour show. And if it was a good night and the phones were busy and stuff, I'd get done and I'd be exhausted. And people are yeah. like, like, what are you so tired from? I'm like, you don't get it. Like it's, it's not a physically demanding job, but mentally I was all over the place all night long and coming up with, you know, each person that calls is coming up with different quote unquote punchlines and, or, you know, things to talk about. It's just like, so my brain was like, all right, we need to go to sleep. And on certain nights, yeah. it was, you can't go to sleep because we got to go host a club. Well, not yeah. only that, but you're just, your adrenaline is still running. Like the worst thing is you're mentally exhausted after working, but you're physically going. Yeah. Because your body feeds you with adrenaline. And, you know, and that's the thing I don't think people get. I am not physically exhausted. I am mentally exhausted. I, and that's what pisses me off when people come up all entitled and are asking for things. And get, don't get me wrong, man. I, I love. Sometimes a, a great request is a lifesaver because it might put me in a way that I never would have thought of or yeah, I haven't played that song forever. I really appreciate you. I don't buy that person in drinks because I really appreciate you with that. Um, but what they don't get is I am looking out at a sea of people and th- this is a skill that some people have and some people don't. And it's like being able to shoot a jump shot or, you know, do what any other athlete or artist or anybody does. There's a skill that I believe that I was given at birth and I crafted it, I can look out at a room and read 300 people and know how to move 300 people for five hours. Right. And my mind is pinballing <laughs> 65,000 songs at all times. Right. So that's why I don't want you interrupting. Because I am in a, I'm in a zone and I'm in a train of thought. 
And I know it sounds pompous and stupid, but it's absolutely true. And you can ask any DJ. We are up there literally looking at, I see the way this person is dressed. I see the way this person, what drink they're having. I know what this group of girls are in their mood by the way they're dressed or the way they're acting. Like I know what music, like a good salesperson knows how to pick apart someone that they're trying to sell to. Mm -hmm. I know how to pick apart a crowd because I've just done this. It's the 10,000 hours. I'm looking out at people and I'm going, I know what to do. And sometimes I'm wrong, but the really good ones, and I, I, I consider myself one of those, um, the really good ones know how to get it back real quick. Like Jordan missed some shots. Kobe, John Redstone, missed shots. Mm-hmm. But he was still going to, he's still going to score 40. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know that I might, okay, I might jump off for, you know, three or four songs and I might lose it. But that's okay because the bar makes a little bit of money and the owner's happy because, you know, you're yep. dancing, you, you're not a car. So that's really our job too, uh, <laughs> is register i tell people all the time and you you're not a listen we're not again dj's the 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 culture is different now our job is to ring a register and the more people in there sweating because they're dancing the more they're drinking and it's just like it feeds off each other and that's really how it works nowadays and so it's great to be a great dj and there are some people out there that value it but i have certainly worked with some people that don't have any value in what i do at all like they just don't see it and they'll never care. And I am a pawn in their game. And it's why I don't do residencies as much anymore because I don't like working for somebody because that relationship ultimately will sour sometimes when right. that person doesn't respect the blood, sweat, and tears. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you and I have had these conversations. You know exactly what venues I'm talking about, what <laughs> bosses I'm talking about. And, and it's because I'm just somebody that I, I put in 100% no matter what I do. And I get really upset, as anybody would do, when that effort isn't seen as the value that it actually brings to the table. When you yeah. are telling me that I'm, you know, like, just to be a dick about it. Like, yes, but, and I, and I see it, but I'm still not going to pay you, or you're still not going to get this, or I'm still not going to give you that, because you're not Calvin Harris. And they're like, well, fucking fuck, nobody's Calvin Harris. He's Calvin Harris. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, you know what I mean? Like, yep. So, but I'm not going to stop because I love it. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, we when when I was talking with Dread, I mean, like, you know, the closest I come to any of that stuff is when I come in and I host for anybody. Um, one of the one of the things you use it was funny because you mentioned you know ringing the register. One of the best things that we had at Sneaky Pete's was the location of it because you yeah. couldn't you couldn't bar hop. Because of where it nope. was, like if it you could have been a detriment or the best thing ever. Because like you, you have to go there. It's not right. like you can stumble on Sneaky Pete's. But once you're there, if they you, can get 500 to 700 people in the door, they were there forever. Yeah, and yeah. it was you know there was I mean Jesus when we did when we were doing Bang Thursdays with Bill and and I was at that other station and there was like 1,200 people on a weekly basis, and I'm like, well, and the bars were always busy. But I felt like every once in a while, Paulie would throw on a stinker just so people would go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's actually a thing. It's called turning over the dance floor. Oh, okay. Like, I'm going to notice in a night that the same 200 people are on the dance floor, and I'm going to notice there are people at the bar. Well, yeah. their drink isn't going to go as fast if they're just standing at the bar and they're not having a good time. 
Right. So I know that, okay, for the last hour, I've been playing a certain style of music or I've been going in one direction. I'm going to completely switch it up. You know what I mean? And I'm mm-hmm. going to do it in a good way. Like a good skilled DJ is going to be able to transition genres and ideas and BPMs and all that without anybody hearing. But what it will do is, and it works almost, you know, 60% of the time, it works all the time. Um, oh, that doesn't you know, make any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. It smells uh, like gasoline. Uh, <laughs> but, but, so, but I watch the people from the bar go to the floor, and I watch the people from the floor go to the bar. Right. It's just, you know, it's, there is no rocket science to this. And I also tell dudes who come up to me and be like, you want to play something like, and I'd be like, dude, I don't DJ for you. I DJ for girls. Right. Because if girls are dancing, you'll have fun. Yep. If there's no girls here and they're not having fun, then this is just a frat party. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've had, a, I've had the discussion with people as well. And I'm not even a DJ, but I'm like, dude, I don't really care what music you want to hear. I'm like, the DJ and we're all focused on the women because where the women are, the guys will be. And that's how, you know, it, it, it's just the way it is. It was. It's why every club does ladies drink free before midnight or dollar right. off drinks for all ladies or, you know what I mean? They never yeah. do dudes night out. Nobody <laughs> has ever done dudes night out at a club ever. No. Never. If you do that, I guarantee that club didn't last very long. Dollar <laughs> drinks for the dude. Place will fall apart. <laughs> We ran into issues um, at, at one of our club nights where it was, it got to the point where it was mostly dudes coming because of what we were doing with the women. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, you can only do so many wet t-shirt contests and jello wrestling nights and thong contests before the skanks go away. And all of a sudden the girls that are quote unquote respectable are like, I'm not doing a wet t-shirt contest or I'm not showing my ass or I'm not, you know what I mean? And it's like, or I don't want to go out tonight and roll around in a tub of jello because what the fuck do I do after that? Like, <laughs> like the night's right. over. Yeah. Now I'm closing ruined. Yeah. yeah. So then it was like, then we were running into an issue and this was under different, uh, different management. And actually I think different promoters at the time, They're like to, he, uh, Bill was gone and uh, it just turned into like, sausage party and i'm like what happened here yeah i'm like well, this is and to try to and to try to explain to some of the guys that weren't there on thursday nights seeing what we saw that were now coming in to try to tell us how to you know we're making the decisions and and doing what they thought was right and i'm like mm. like we we i had a discussion with a, a promoter it was it was kind of comical because i don't think he really knew who i was and uh, right. not to say not to say that you need to know who not I am. Not to care either. He's probably like, who's this fucking this guy? Well, the thing was, is I was there. They had a host that I'm good friends with, um, and he was trying to get me in there to kind of offset some of the nights he couldn't get there or whatever. Which, after finding out the terms he was doing it on, I was like, I don't want that shit anyway because I value no. my, like my ability. I'm not coming in there to host for four hours, and you're not you're not paying me for four hours what I would get into. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Right. So um, no, hell no. So, but while we were talking to him and I was like, you know, some of the stuff that we had, I had thrown out there, some of the stuff that we had done uh, in the past and musically and what FIBA was doing on Thursday nights and stuff like that. And this guy was like 
And one of the things I told them too, I was like, you know, some of the, the classics, living on a prayer, pour some sugar on me, the sing, the sing along songs that yeah, are sure. timeless. Every, Everybody knows. Them. And this dude was like, Oh, maybe you could do that like at this place or that place, but that won't work here. And I'm like, I watched it work here, bro. I'm like, and it does work here. Yeah. I was like, and not for nothing, buddy. It worked here when there was 1300 people here and I'm looking around and you got 150 if you're lucky and 150 yeah. and 150 people in sneaky Pete's, which was a big ass super club. It was Pretty like, good. it's like me standing in the middle of Yankee stadium alone. Right. Yeah. You no. know, <laughs> like, so I'm like, and you know, the problem is, is there's a lot of people in, the, in, in positions of authority that have no clue what they're doing. Right. The coolest thing that you can do when you get some money is buy a bar, but that's not how you just don't know how to run a bar or a nightclub just because you bought one. No, and and I, there are people, I don't know how many times I've been brought in in this area. Um, and every place that I've ever worked that has just opened or needed a reboot or whatever that let me do what I do. And I'm not saying I'm magic. I'm just saying there's a formula and just don't mess with it. If you let like, and other DJs know this too because they've all done it. We've all been able to like revive places or open a place and haven't had years of success. Every place that they've ever done that has always worked. Any place that you bring somebody like myself who's got 20 plus years in this business and I know what I'm doing and I'm just telling you it works and you tell me, but that's not how we do things. I immediately know you're going to fail. Right. And you sit vacant. That, then there's a vacant spot sitting in a mall somewhere because you didn't listen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yep. or, I don't know who I'm pointing out there, but, uh, but, or, or you just, or you have to stupidly enough, you know, you butt heads with me after years of success because you don't want to give me what it's worth. And also telling me that some of my ideas don't work. Then I leave, you replace me with four or five B days and then start doing all the things I told you to do. It's like, it's just the problem with anything is ego rules the world in too many ways that it should mm -hmm. we are all here to make money and if you've got somebody i listen i have never as a dj ever wanted to do this alone i have wanted to do this with all of my friends as much as possible mm -hmm. um there's always been an issue in this area where djs just are too worried about their own shit not all of them some of us work together but there have been years, I'm, I'm talking years, DJs that don't like me because I'm a commercial and I get paid to DJ. Like, sorry, I got bills. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Uh, <laughs> you're mad because, like, and it's the same DJs that are mad now that I'm live streaming from my office because it's like, bro, I'm sorry I took your gig live streaming from your bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, that was the only gig you had. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sorry. Sorry I'm that guy. I took that one too. I'm sorry, bro. But <laughs> the point is, is like, everybody's always mad rather than just Feeling gratitude and genuine happiness for people succeeding in life, which is what I try to live my life by, because I believe it will manifest and come back. Like I legitimately loved. Um, one of my friends just got a track signed to a, a label today, and all I did was send him a message, like, "Dude, I'm so proud of you." Now, in a little bit in my head, I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta get off my ass." But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, right? But that's good. But that's good. But I wasn't mm -hmm. like. I wanted him to know that I'm proud of his actions, you know, and yeah. if more people were like that and more people work together, you know, you, you spoke a lot about, I know you got some connection to the Tampa area. Yep. 
I've been very lucky to be going down there a lot. As a matter of fact, the weekend COVID and tape shit, I was in St. Pete, Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. Um, I was DJing spring, spring break gigs, and I was coming back that St. Patrick's Day weekend. I came back on that Monday to, like, the world stop. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like did I read it from a nap? Did I, what happened? Um, but I was down there, and the way that, not all of them, I mean, I'm sure they had the same problems, but the DJs that I deal with down there, there is a group, two groups of about 12 DJs, and they basically run everything down there. Mm-hmm. This group runs this, everything, and this group runs this, everything. And they play well together, and they help each other out, but even within the group, the love for each other as a fellow DJ and as a fellow human is just, they just, they're doing it so much better than we are up here in a lot of ways. Um, now, I don't know what that answer to that is. I don't know why. Maybe it's because there's just so much to go around down there and it's beautiful weather all the time. Maybe right. people are just happier because they've got more vitamin D down there. You know, maybe <laughs> we're just grumpier up here. We're just grumpy assholes. Um, but going down there, I know them for literally a year and I am now in their rotation off of two or three gigs because A, they appreciate what I do and B, they just like the value that I bring to them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. I don't screw with I don't screw with their money. You know what I mean? When I show up, I show up for business. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, that's another thing. Uh, you know, we all used to party and, and do whatever and I learned a few years ago you can have a beer or two but don't drink when you DJ. Right. You know what I mean? Like, your job is to throw a party, not be the party. You want to go party with your friends, go party with your friends. Um, you know, I I haven't been past three or four drinks DJing in three to four years. You know what I mean? Like, maybe right. once in a blue moon, not my full gig, and I'm only doing a set, and then I'm done, and I'm off partying afterwards. But, right. you know, you just take it. But those guys down there, they take it, and I wish, I, you know, I tried, and I hope, and there, and those those that get it around here, I appreciate them, and they're my brothers forever. But um, those that don't, just seems like there's so much competition, and undercutting is the biggest thing, right? You know what I mean? Like, because you want to be a DJ, and because you want to be cool, and you want to throw the like, you come in and you're like, I'll do it for fifty bucks and a bar tab, and you're like, well, no, <laughs> you know, like. I'm I'm gonna slash the tires on your car, you little shit. Like, you know, like <laughs> I obviously would never do that. You know, that would be terrible. But the point is, is like how like we worked so hard for these gigs. And coming up when I came up, there was the people ahead of me. You know, the people, the person that was before Pauly Fever at Stinky um, Pete's was Scott Burbine. Mm-hmm. You know, and Scott was incredible. But he would also, you know, it's funny. I look back and Scott and I are super close friends to this day. And I just look back on all of like the conversations he and I had. And he could have completely dismissed us. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't, but he didn't. You know what I mean? Like he knew mutual friends like Nick Giorgio and, and, and MPG, you know, and all those guys. And, and, we, and it was just like, you're cool with them, you're cool with them. Right. That's how we want to be. With some of these new DJs, but they're, they they come from a different they come from a different world. You know what I mean? It's yeah. I don't respect what you guys did. We're better than you. 
You know what I mean? You know, you don't get it, Boomer. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Boomer? <laughs> boomer. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and that's why, you know, it's like, so what's the next level? You know what I mean? And I think it's just always working hard to build on top of the brand that you already have. And, and I guess you just can't really worry about it. I mean, you know, there's always going to be competition for your job or radio spots or everything. And mm-hmm. you just have to just do what E. Scott does better than pretty much anybody in this area and just go, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny too, like on the, with the, with the similarities with the stuff you're talking about, which are up and coming, this new generation of DJs and like the new generation of people that are getting into radio where they, you know, there's, it, there's some of us that do things the way we've always done them, yet we have kind of morphed into what radio has become today, where we don't have the same freedoms we had because the the attention span is shorter so our talk breaks need to be narrowed down and you know we're we're real quick in some of our breaks that we're supposed to do but right. yet can still can still entertain like i don't it feels to me like in in what we do or what i do um the entertainment value has kind of gone away <clears throat> hey look friends <laughs> that's, that's uh technical support um but uh you know so like and it just feels to me like the entertainment value of what we've done or what we do on the air has gone away you said something earlier um about you know somebody had a shitty week and your job for their you know for them to come out and blow off steam your job is to make sure that they have a good time um i heard a quote a, a few years ago from uh a friend of mine who was leaving New York City radio to go do other things. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, he was he he said it on the air, which I thought was was ballsy for him to do anyway, just because, you know, we, we kind of stopped everything down and said thank you to his listeners. But he was like, you know, I get you for however long your commute is in in your car or when you're listening, whenever it is that you're listening. He's like, if I can say something to put a smile on your face. Cause we don't know what kind of day that person is having. Um, you know, you know, we, we, I, my business is my audience is not there. It's kind of like DJing virtually. You have, you have no idea yeah. if it's working or not. Um, but if I can say something to make you smile or make you laugh or, or just kind of just for a few seconds, make you forget about how shitty your day was, then I'm doing my yeah. job, you know? And, and that's, I try to do that all the time. I, you know, every, well, there's stuff that we have to talk about, but then in between, it's kind of like, dude, you've heard me on the radio. It's like a free for all. Like, I don't yeah. know what the hell is, what's happening. It's just whatever happens to come out. And I hope to God when I'm done, all the words that I said in a row made sense. Right. Well, I believe it was the poet Macklemore who said, <laughs> uh, they, you, you die twice. The time they put you in the grave and the last time somebody says your name. So, you don't okay. think about that for five seconds. That's true. Yeah. Like there are people that we will, like there are people that on Shakespeare, you know, are like it. I, you know, I, I have a, an interesting career because I do as much private events, weddings and things like that. I, when I am pitching a, a client for a private event or their wedding or something of that nature, I am honest to God with them, showing them how passionate I am about, mm-hmm. I get that I am part of their memory forever. And they won't remember me, maybe, 
Right. Or maybe they win, but they'll remember the feelings and the memories and I'll have photos and video of it. And it only happened because I did a good job. Right. And there's 20 wedding DJs to pick from or 40 clubs to pick from that night. If you come to mind, if you hire me, I take that with a huge responsibility. You know, with great responsibility comes, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. So, uh, I believe that was the scholar Uncle Ben. Uh, so not, like, not the rice guy. That was a different dude. Um, or maybe it's the same guy. We don't actually know. I don't think really. family has ever told us. Maybe it's all the same guy. So, uh, man, that would just fuck up all the Marvel movies right there. Telling me the guy that made the rice was Spider-Man? Uncle? I don't understand. Um, but I do believe that I connect and it's a big thing. It's huge with me, um, that after it's all done and after the night is over, that the way that you felt about what I did is never fading away. Like, I want you to enjoy what I did that night Mm -hmm. as much as you'll enjoy it 20 years from now. Right. Which and is also, I don't think that's, no, and that, and that's one of the reasons why when, cause I get an ungodly amount of requests for me to DJ things for people. And I'm like, you guys don't sure. seem to get it. I'm like, you know, even though no matter how well they know me, they're like, my daughter or my, this so-and-so is graduating. Can you DJ, DJ their graduation party? I'm like, you've known me for 12 years. When the fuck was the last time I told you I was going to DJ somewhere? Like, and they're like, right, yeah, oh, you don't DJ? I'm like, no, I just know DJs. And um, when it comes to the the special events, you're you're usually the first person I reach out to. Um, I would say yeah, 99, very, 99, very 99% of the time. Like, I'm like, because I know, I know that you have... You, you you do that as well. And you do that as well as you do when you're out at a at a regular venue. You know, the private events, mm-hmm. be, because of the respect you have for what you do and the respect that you have for your customer as well, um, yeah. that you're gonna you're gonna give them a good time. You're gonna give them you're I'm not I'm not going to send them well I, and it, it has something to do with me too, because I'm not trying to make myself look like a dipshit for sending them some yo yo. No. So more than we already look like. Right. Like, I don't, listen, I don't need help with that. I can do that all on my own. I don't need to ruin right, the, yeah. I, like, I don't need to ruin the kid's graduation you. party too. Like, right. Well, which, and you know what? I don't, I don't know if it's, look at, it, I, I really just truly believe it's doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And it's just that they're a human being like ready to celebrate this amazing life event. And how dare you? not be prepared right and not you know what i mean like i know it's not your world so you don't understand but we've all been in an event that something went wrong and you're like oh we'll never get those memories back or right now i mean jesus i've probably rescheduled 10 weddings this year or numerous events you know what i mean club dates that i had ideas that we were starting things that we do every year um you know, like my, my rooftop party at Harvey's that we started last year that was a huge success. A Friday night rooftop party. No place in this area has ever done a New York City-style rooftop party. And so Harvey's let me do it. And I am super appreciative of that. That was something that I said, this is what I want to do. I want to do something different. I want to play 
mood music for like dinner while the sun sets and then build it into like a New York City style like fun dance party. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it and it worked. It worked last year. It worked because I have amazing people um, like those that, that own and work at Harvey's that believed in me. And, you know, venues like that across the place that I'm like, I want to do this. And they're like, I love that. Let's do it. Nice. Um, but who knows when we're going to be able to do that again. And people were really looking forward to that. That as soon as the weather breaks, we're on that rooftop. Or as soon as the weather breaks, brunch party. Or as soon as, you know, all the charity events that I DJ for that raises money for really, really amazing and worthy causes, all that stuff is being pushed. And it's like, Right. You know, yeah. not because it sucks that I can't do them, because it sucks that it affects other people. And right. man, just at the end of the day, we're all human beings, dude. Just have like, you know, just have the thought that somebody else is upset about. It. You right. know what I mean? So you, when you come to do somebody's wedding, birthday party, anniversary, a club night that you're hired by, just do your job. You know what right. I mean? Just come in there and just do your job. I am the least Patriots fan on the planet, but you know, it, it works, man. Just do your job. Right. You know what I mean? Just do your job and you'll be fine because you know what? At the end of the day, you can look yourself in the mirror. You can sleep at night and you know, I just had a, I just had a couple run up to me. I did their wedding 15 years ago. Age alert. Um, yeah, 15 <laughs> years ago. And they remembered me. And I recognized them a little bit right away, but then it all took a couple minutes because 700 plus weddings, holy shit. You know what I mean? I don't remember them all, but, um, but, uh, but I, but I remembered and we were talking about stories that night. 15 years later, man, they still have like, they were so appreciative of me. And it's the same as people that I DJ the nightclub and they see me five years or six years later and they're like hey are you Tony Potom and I'm like yeah, I am you know it's always usually in the bathroom which is, which is, <laughs> which is uh, I'm like, weird not Tony Platinum right now I'm not you wait <laughs> five minutes so you know, then I'll be Tony Platinum all day uh, but but it doesn't matter like I'm happy you know what I mean and as long as you just talk to a human being on a human being level like, I'm glad that I was part of that that right. is my during struggle is to and that's why it drives me nuts um, in this area that just like Dred said the other night people around here just are, are worried to take shots people are worried to you know team up in some ways because they're worried about their own food on their plate the things right. we could do around this area um, because we do have a great area the things we could do around this area to really make um like if we're supposed to come out of anything, if we're supposed to come out with something out of this is that time is precious and celebrating what we do have when we have it should be even more of a, of a priority. You know that what I mean? Deep. So deep. yeah, I read it in a book. Um, <laughs> so as a matter of fact, the book is open to that page. I've been waiting to put that in. I've just been looking for my little lane to drop that in. Um, no, uh, no, I came up with that myself, uh, you know. So, um, but I do believe that. I mean, look, I, when we come back, I'm working on stuff that I obviously can't say, um, because people will steal those ideas because that's all they ever do. Um, uh, because, you know, an original idea by somebody is not had until they steal it from somebody else. 
so, but you've been there. You've been there. So we've learned real killers move in silence. And then you're like, oh, shit, man. That was, damn it. I wish he had told me about that. Well, I didn't because you take it. You know what I mean? So, right. you know, but we, I'm looking for every different way to come out of this and throw bigger and better parties when we're allowed. Nice. You know, Dread and I talked about that because he started getting into a little bit of stuff that he was thinking. And I'm like, man, I learned a long time ago to if you got an idea, don't share it with anybody unless you fully trust them and they <laughs> don't do what you do. Because, yeah. you know, it, and the story I told with him, although I didn't, it, I mean, it's not the, the story story, but it was like, give us some ideas. And then, you know, it was kind of like trying to, we were, we were pitching a client, you give us some ideas and then, you know, whatever. Well, it turned out they didn't sign that piece of, they didn't sign that piece of paper and just took our ideas and and then went elsewhere, yeah. elsewhere with them, like for other radio stations and stuff. And I'm like, so I've had sellers come up to me and go, Hey, you know, such and such wants to, you know, get, they want some ideas of stuff we can do. And I'm like, not until they sign. I am not sharing a thing. I was like, I'm not going to brainstorm with anybody and pass along ideas to somebody, whether they're great ideas or not, because yeah. they can just take them and do them. And if it turned out to work, then I'm, then we're sitting here with, you know, with our thumb in our ass going, Jesus, that was our idea. They took it and they used so-and-so to do it. And I was like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. If you don't, if you don't sign with us, then I'm not throwing ideas your way. Sorry. I'm not doing it because no. I mean, after, after no, all, it's funny because, Somebody go ahead. No, go ahead. Because uh, right, most, mo, mo, uh, most of my ideas. Wait are, <laughs> most of my ideas were stolen from somebody else anyway. So. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, listen. Somebody said to me a long time ago, "If it ain't pa- if it ain't on paper, it's vapor." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it ain't, it ain't. So, yeah. you know, it's great that somebody's gonna feed you a, a dream. Well, if you really truly mean it, like there are clubs around here that I'm like, all right, I'll send you the contract. And like, we don't do contracts. And I'm like, but I don't do your gig. <laughs> it's because I'm like, listen, everybody else in the world does contracts. Like, who do you think you are? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're a small little bar in this area. Like, don't <laughs> pretend you're bigger than you are. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't do this ever because, again, and, you know, other DJs will say this. I'm very lucky to do what I love for a living and I've got a pretty damn good resume behind me, you know? And so when somebody starts chirping on Facebook or Instagram, like, you know, that they're amazing, I'm just like, yo, fax me your resume and I'll take a picture of mine versus yours. You know what I mean? Like right. that's not to be a dick, but it's, but it's like, listen, open up for some of the biggest industry people, be lucky enough to do pre-concert events with you and radio stations. You know what I mean? Like be, lucky enough to travel to Tampa and Miami and have a residency in New York City for five years. Um, you know, I, I'm probably one of the only DJs in this area that's ever had a New York City residency for that long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm happy about that. But, right. but I'm, and that's not to say, oh, you didn't. I'm so happy for anybody that gets that stuff. But don't use it to try to whatever. And also, if you're a, if you're a venue, just know. Just know that that's the worth I bring and just sign a contract. It's not a big deal. Like, it protects you as much as it does me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't be stupid. You know what I mean? I just, I, it, it means I'll show up when you ask. I'm just asking that you pay me what it says. 
Right. You know what I mean? That's why we have contract. Or and the fact that, you know, when I show up, somebody else isn't here working when I'm supposed to be. Happened. <laughs> yeah, that's And they're like, What do we do here? And I'm like, Well you send that dude home. It's on me. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Tell that's that like the cockiest fucking thing I've ever said in my life. No. Actually, if you know me, that is like not even top ten of the cockiest things I've ever said. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Most of my friends, if they hear this podcast, would be like, no, no, you said something cockier than that on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, I'm, eventually. You know what? What? I'm just having fun with this. I'm glad I could talk to another human being about, like, life and, and quarantine and music. And, uh, and uh, you know, my dog is getting sick of me live streaming from home. Uh, <laughs> His the office where I DJ from is his nap room, so he is pissed. I can imagine. Like I would be upset if you were DJing in my nap room. I'd also wonder why yeah. the fuck you were in my bedroom. But I mean, whatever. Yeah. What? What a shitty thing to do, right? Like, but listen. To be honest, my dog has three beds in the house. He has oh. his real bed, and then two flat beds that he throws wherever he wants to. One is in the main living room, and one is the office. But he likes to be in the room wherever you are. But then makes a fuss that you're bothering. It's like <laughs> he like, wants to be he no. wants to be near you, but doesn't really want you there. I get it. That's uh, like every girl that you, every girl under the age of twenty five right now. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah got... I I still want to find my I still want to find my soulmate. Wait, you have three felonies and covered in tattoos. You're mine. <laughs> nice. My uh, my animal. <laughs> My animals are all like that. Where I have four cats, and they come, they like they want to be near you, but uh, only for a minute, and then they're like, "All right, you need to go away now." Like, you that's gotta go. Cat. Cats are assholes, and yeah, I got. I think that's And I've wanted, I've wanted to get rid of them. Uh, my daughter loves them though, even though she doesn't, which is funny. Like she's deathly afraid of seventy-five percent of the cats that we have, so three of them. Um, right. We'll not go near them. Like, they'll stand in front of her but door. you doing that. I know. Well, listen, that, that's easy when it's only when it's three out of four. <laughs> um, but the cats will stand. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the cats like, will stand. Like, they'll stand there in front of her door because her bedroom door is closed all the time so that they don't go in there. Um, and she's not there every day. So when she's here, when she's at my house, they're like, holy shit, someone's in that room. And they will sit out in front of it and just wait and wait. And wait, and then as soon as my daughter opens the door, they bolt right in there. So if she's, right. you know, if she's out with me in the living room or if we're eating dinner or whatever and she's going to go into her room, um, the cats will sit in front of her door and wait. She's like, Daddy, can you come get the cats? I'm like, what? Just shoo them away. She's like, no. Right. They're, they're scary. They're going to, they're, they're mean. I'm like, they're not, they're cats. I walk, all I do is walk towards them and they run. I'm like, see? Yeah, That's well, you've you would still fear them. I just walk heavy. I just like stop my feet. They take off. So I'm like, just stop your feet. Yeah. Are, you, are you admitting to the world right now that you're a heavy walker? Uh, only when I need to be. Otherwise, no, I'm not. There's a cardinal out. That's you see me. Um, well, the people listening can't see me. I saw you looking weird. No, there's a cardinal out there uh, in the out on the lawn outside the radio station. And for those that are spiritual, cardinals are usually signs of visitors, like a angel. We do know that. Yeah. 
So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's always because I always it's a big thing when uh, when I see a cardinal because uh, it's like uh, I just feel like somebody's watching over me there. Yeah. Crazy story. Well, not crazy. Like wow, holy shit! I can't believe that happened. But uh, we were out. We were at the dance studio where uh, we used to, you know, we, okay. So for everyone listening, Tony and I have a mutual friend, Dan Bruno. Uh, I've mentioned Danny a couple of different times on the podcast. And after he had passed away, we were at the dance studio drinking outside in the parking lot, because what else do you do at a dance studio on a Saturday, but tailgate um, with dads. Yeah. So it is, well, the crazy thing is like out of nowhere, uh, within the last like year, year and a half, they opened a brewery up the street from the studio called Fidens. And I'm like, that's just quality marketing on your demographic right there. It's like, I was like, if this isn't a sign, although they, they, they do craft beers and IPAs, which was not Danny's forte, he was Coors Light or Keystone. No. Um, I'm, like, I'm like, if there is not, if that is not a sign that Danny's watching over us, who opens a friggin' brewery right up the road from anyway so back to my original story yeah. we're hanging out in the parking lot shooting shit whatever we look over and this was a short i think it was the, the beginning of the dance season after danny had passed and sure enough dude we look over by the dumpster and there's a cardinal sitting on the dumpster and we're like we're like so i not all of some of the dads knew what i was talking about so we explained to some of the other ones that didn't really get it like sure you know that's that's, yeah. a, that's a sign that it's a it's a visitor. So yeah, I don't uh, think was, everybody knows that. I thought they did, but you know, some of our dad friends, my dad friends, are not. I don't. Us. I don't assume fucking people anymore. I just you know, I just you know, like doesn't doesn't hurt just to explain it because I just assume that you don't know. <laughs> Dude, I watched I watched a video the other night on YouTube. It's one of Joe Rogan's old uh, old stand up routines. It's the the evolution of man. And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. What we're gonna, he's like, I don't know what we're gonna do. He goes, I don't know about you. He goes, I'm 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 completely fine with saying you know knowing that I'm stupid. He goes, but do you know how many people I meet that are that I'm way smarter than? <laughs> he was like, yeah. Yeah, he goes, good. He's like. If what do we do if all the smart people die? He's like, what are we gonna do? He goes, I don't know how to make shit. He goes, I only used. He goes, we're not all. He goes, none of us are smart. We just use shit that smart people invent. He's like, do you know anybody that's invented right. something? <laughs> he goes, no, he goes, if I, I've never met a person. He goes, if I put you out in the middle of the woods with a hatchet, how long before you can send me an email? <laughs> right. Well, and I was like, well, I, I think like, we just, figured something out. Uh, there's a lot of dumb people uh, running shit right now. So, oh my god! We, we voted for them. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is a yeah, there's a lot of just political podcast. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Because I don't want to. I have friends on both sides of the aisle, and I don't want to make any of them mad. Right. Never. I, I just, I just don't want that. I, I, it breaks my heart though when I see people like having that big of a fight politically that like a friend of 30 years because of a political difference, they can't be friends anymore. I don't remember what happened that we can't have two thoughts in our head simultaneously. Like it's not a possibility anymore. Like you can't right. understand that one person has a feeling about something because of where they were right. or where they came from or because of an experience that happened to them that may, that is completely different from yours, but you don't, 
just accept that and move on. Right. Agree. Like, remember, agree to disagree. That was a thing. Yeah, that used to be a thing. It's not a now thing it's anymore. To, yeah, now it's agree to rip each other apart. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just we're not we're just not gonna be friends anymore. Like, you don't and agree that, with me. And that's the big thing for me, like in a lot of ways. And that is why I do a little bit of what I do. I just see us. I see just the world in a very tumultuous place right now. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that, you know, the more of us, you know, um, that really go hard at trying to, you know, build things back up. You know, I saw an old quote, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but from a, a, a poet and laureate and writer, Toni Morrison, I believe that's her name. And she was like, you know, when, when everything falls apart, you know, that's when writers and artists and producers, that's when they go to work. That's how civilizations heal again. Right. You know, and it's like if you consider yourself part of that, you know, um, in any way, if you consider yourself part of that, which you are and I are and a lot of other people, um, that's important to just go to work. You know what I mean? It was like live streaming for me was the only outlet I had. But it was right. also a way to hit, I don't even care if at one point there's three people signed up. Those three people are having a better time than they, they were before. Right. And that's cool. You know what I mean? And I think there's a, there's a justification to just reminding everybody, you know, and, and of course, you know, you get people who are like, your set was horrible. And I'm like, then don't listen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Don't, yeah. I, listen, at the end of the day, again, do my resume checks. I don't need to, I don't need to prove myself to you. I'm, I'm letting people have a good time. Right. You know what I mean? And I, listen, I am a, I'm a very good DJ and I mix, I mess up mixes all the time because I'm trying something new live or I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm being creative and I don't care. It's more about the song selection to me more about the songs that I play that move you than it is the perfection of a mix. I want to make, I want to do something different. I want to try this or try that. And I'm not terrified to worry that you're going to, you're a phony. You're a phony. You mixed up. But, you know, like, oh, whatever. I don't care. He's a phony. You know what I mean? Like, okay, man. You know, like, go go home. You're miserable. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, go back to your parents' basement and be upset. You know, like, well, it's, I'm gonna it's be alright. It's kind of like the time we're in now, too, where, uh, thanks to as much as social media has been fantastic for certain things, it's also given everybody a place to voice their opinion. Where before, like, you know, you actually had to go and say it to someone for them to hear your opinion, and it's a lot yeah. different. Uh, one of the podcasts I did with my buddy Rich, who is. Uh, who's currently stationed down in North Carolina was like, you know, it's a whole lot different for you to say something to me, knowing repercussions are coming that I'm going to punch you right in the mouth when you say it. Correct. Um, Keyboard warrior. Yeah. And it's, it, that's the, that's the thing now. It's like, you know, everybody wants to critique everybody and, Oh, you suck. I mean, even though that person who said you suck, can't do it or thinks that they can, but can't do it. it, it, That's, that's one of the things that bothers me. I mean, I think we've gotten to a point, I mean, per, like personally, not, a, not as, pe- not as a, you know, a, a, a civilization, but 
like you, me, right. certain people that have been doing it for a while, when people come at you in a different, you know, down down the wrong lane and, you know, talking out the side of their mouth, we just kind of go, okay, and keep it moving because, yeah. like, yeah, thanks. Sure. Like the guy that's telling you, like the guy that's telling you your set was horrible. Like, well, thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate your input. Fuck you. Like, go you know ahead. what the best, you know what the best, the best thing in the world is, and I've done this now, and this is my new thing. Um, I do it uh, a couple different ways. If you, if you do it to me in person, I just go, I know, I'm fucking terrible. I don't know why anybody pays me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I just walk away because they have no answer to that. Like, they, right. they have no answer to that. And if somebody gets in an argument with me on like Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I just keep sending memes of people saying goodbye, like in different <laughs> ways. And it, it will, it will, I like people become irate. They're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? And they're screaming and I'll just send another meme of a guy like waving goodbye. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Bro, like, you know, good vibes only. And it sends them, like, if you don't give people ammunition, what are yeah. they going to do? Right. You know what I mean? I think we should change, like, uh, you know, a couple of years ago I said this. We should just change Twitter to Twit because that's, like, what 90% of the people on there are. <laughs> it was like, you know, some house mom that's gotten into Chardonnay at 1 o'clock and she's going to voice her opinion on something that she has no, like, <laughs> ability to do. Some 16-year-old kid who's never lived and is going to, like, you know, he's super, you know, he's going to try to say soup, something super existential on Twitter, you know what I mean? And it's just like, whatever, you know what I or mean? The, or, when the, or when the 16-year-old kid hops on Twitter and tells me how great and much better LeBron James is than Michael Jordan was, and I'm like, right? did you watch You're Michael like, Jordan? Like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Like, and that was, like, I was like, I was like, I remember being 16 and never thinking to myself, or, or telling someone from the from the an era before I can remember, or was around like George Gervin sucked or Dr. Right. J was awful. Like Michael Jordan is so much better. Like technically, yes, Michael Jordan was probably better than anyone that played in the fifties, sixties or seventies because except for maybe, sure. Will but it's, it's like, yeah. So I'm like, okay. But I'm like, Michael Jordan played against dudes, LeBron's size and was still right. Michael Jordan. Like he did it. He's yeah. still, did it. and now, right. well, it's, that's anything, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to someday argue. You know, it's like the, the guy that's going to argue, you know, like when our grandparents argued that Babe Ruth was the greatest baseball player. He was a five foot four, two 230-pound fucking white guy who can barely run. You're telling me he's the best baseball player that ever lived? What are you I'll talking give, about? That's ridiculous. I'll, I'll give him credit. He was swinging a tree. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> like, it. like, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I use this uh, – a lot as an example. And I'm just like, you're always going to go to the age that, that, that person affected you. And that's what you're going to stick with forever. And I get that. And I get that. But like, at the same time, you know, just use rational thought. Like we, we were all enough to see the last dance in the way that they did it. They could have put that on Netflix and we could have binged it and we would have been over it in a week and no one would have talked about it. Right. And they went old school with it where they put it on in the five weeks and we got to dissect it and talk about it. And, and really in a way, what a, what an amazing time that we got to see it because we had nothing. Else. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. there is a silver lining to all of this is we have time. You yeah. know what I mean? 
time to read that book you never wanted to, or time to catch up with friends you didn't have a chance to, or time to start that workout program, or time to, do, you know, whatever, to better ourselves, to just do things when we're always running so ragged. And like the way that they dropped this documentary was, you're not doing anything else. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Although so, I think just one because they pushed it up because it, it was and, supposed. And by the way, it was also. But it was, yeah, but it was also genius by Jordan because he was like, I think yeah. you've been talking shit. I just a quick reminder. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I it was it was supposed to come out, but it was supposed to come out later in the year, and it was like, right. let, let's drop it early. And I'm I'm glad they did because right, right. it was like, holy oh, shit, you know. So. But yeah, after no. it, after it, I consider myself the Michael Jordan of DJs. Not because I'm amazing, but I will definitely punch my teeth. I have no problems with that at all. I'm just, I will, you know, I will punch my teammate right in the chest. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> whatever. And then I'll, like, the one who gets it the worst in that documentary is poor Scotty Burrell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just, he hits on Scott Burrell. So bad, so bad. You know well, what I mean? Now, like now that it's going to even come to work. Now, now that it's all said and done, Horace Grant's talking a bunch of shit about it. Oh uh, uh, well, he's like Mike was a liar, and it, like, and it, I, it's funny when because I did see something where it was like they called it a documentary on the '97 '98 Bulls, but it was really about Michael Jordan, and he had creative sure. control. He had creative control over it, but it's like, yeah, but you know, Mike, if he's, if he's saying something about you, there's probably like, you weren't on the bulls anymore. Like, were you, did you just not like Jordan after that? Or are you just salty because you didn't win any chips in Orlando and Mike retired, came back and won three more without you. So. And there's no reason that that Orlando team shouldn't have won. No, God no. Any Shaq and Horace Grant and Nick oh, Anderson. They had, they had Nick Anderson, D. Scott, <laughs> not yep. me. Scott, um, you are that. They had they had Dennis Scott. Uh, they were nasty. Like they were, they had an extremely talented team that year. But if you watch that thirty for thirty, you know what happened there. Penny got hurt, and they didn't want to pay Shaq a hundred million, and the Lakers were like, "We'll pay you a hundred million." <laughs> Yeah. Penny Hardaway's career was so so uh, so tragic. Like he was so good, amazing, and and he had the little penny commercials. We all remember the little, little penny. penny commercials. Yes. Yeah, but um, like you look back at that, and that is if that's not a lesson, you can be so close to it, mm-hmm. and out of everything that's not in your control, it just goes awry. Right. Like, the moral to that is that you can't control anything, really. No. You can just get up every day. Thank God that you put your feet on the floor again, that you have health, you have a roof over your head, that you have family and friends that love you and care about you, and you go about your day and you work as hard as you can because if it's that tractor trailer that's going to hit you or, you know, a a giant pandemic that's going to come and wipe out your business, like, it's not up to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So – it's just the the power of just being like, I'm yeah, just going to ride it until the wheels fall off and who cares. And it's also kind of some insight as to why like some of these kids 
jump from high school right into the NBA or, or forego certain years of college, whether it be football, basketball, to get in there and, and get their payday. Because if you're going to, if you're a freshman or sophomore in college in say basketball, and you're going to go back for your junior year, you blow out your knee, your NBA career is shot. But if you pulled out or, or you know, you, you, you drop college and you, you jump into the NBA draft, you get drafted, make some money, whatever. And they, get, and, and they get hurt. At least you got a nest egg if you're smart with your money. Um, Listen, I mean, shit. The average, like, the average career is what six years, maybe in the NBA, uh, three years in the NFL. You know, uh, things like that. Like, uh, unless you're Le, unless you're LeBron, who's been playing since like '74, I think. Like, like yeah, I think, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was there when they merged the ABA <laughs> and the NBA. He's um, just been that guy has been in the league. Forever, which is another thing that makes me laugh too, when they go, well, he's got more career points in the in the in the finals or in the playoffs than Jordan. He's got more this, he's got more that, and I'm like, Michael Jordan went to college for three years too. Like he, you know, you know Robert Ory has Robert Ory has more titles than Michael Jordan. Are we ever going to do that? Are we ever yeah. going to go? Well, Robert <laughs> seven, so he's better than Jordan. Be like, no. Like, he just bounced around. He was like, I'm going to play for Houston and San Antonio. They shot up. Yeah. They shot up. But he did, he did the thing that he did well, and people needed that, and he helped them win titles. Right. But he's not, you know what I mean? Like, he's not Magic. He's not Larry. He's not Kobe. He's not Wilt. He's not Michael. He's not the centerpiece. You know what I mean? Like, listen, mm-hmm. LeBron is uh, – listen, I'm, listen, LeBron's on the Lakers now, and it's a tough hill to swallow for me because I'm not personally a LeBron fan, but a huge Lakers fan. And if he brings a chip to the Lakers, I'm all about it. Like, right. Because I think, again, you know, think about it. The Lakers are basically, every 10 years, they own a decade. You know what I mean? They, right. In the 80s, they own the decade, not in the 90s. Michael took that. In the 2000s, they own that decade and won five titles. Um, and then now it was, you know, Miami a couple times and, you know, basically Golden State. But going into 2020, this was a new decade, and it's got LeBron and AD. And that was going to be, come on, they're, they're going to win at least three. They, right? Maybe, but who knows? I mean, looking at the season that they were having this year, I don't see – I, I didn't see yeah. them not winning the title this year. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't I don't personally dislike LeBron. I res, You know, you get a lot of people going, why can't we just appreciate the greatness when we have it? And I'm like, I do appreciate that. I said, but, but my thing Absolutely. is – I think a lot of times what I look at and what, what turns me off is I think more or less kind of some of the, some of the ways that he's done certain things or just kind of carries himself in certain ways where I'm like, mm, like I know Michael you know, Jordan was an asshole. Taking the talents to South Beach. That didn't, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. And you know what the stupid thing is, is he raised like a million dollars or something for the Boys and Girls Club and it was, and, and it was so overshadowed. Right. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I. I mean, he, I. I curse like that. The best things he does gets overshadowed by the weight of it. Yeah, but yeah, and and that's that's a problem. He's, you know, he's the first. He's the first full, I think, global athlete other than Tiger in the social media world, where okay. everything is a microscope. Right. Yeah, that's and, true. I mean, everything Tiger did was on Twitter. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's, whether it was good or bad. 
yeah, you know, it's, it's getting put out there. Everything you're doing is getting put out there. So, I mean, thankfully back in the nineties, Jordan didn't have social media. So not that he could ruin it, rain on his own parade, but nobody else could because they didn't have access. Well, and I wonder how there's a little bit of like, I don't know, mystique to it. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you have to go back to YouTube and that's yeah. the only way you couldn't, you couldn't, you, you watched the game and then you just talked about it with your friends and there were arguments and it was like, now Google settles every argument. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can't have a bar argument. Right. You know what I mean? You'd be like, bullshit, here it is. You know what I mean? Like I'm showing you the stream. Yeah, your Google is wrong. You probably use a different Google than me. I don't use a different Google than you. That's like the, always the answer. Like that iPhone because it's not an iPhone. It's a Samsung. They get a different Google. And I'm like, no, but it's still Google. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, back, back then there's a mystique to Jordan. Like you never really saw it. It's just like there was a mystique to, to you know, Babe Ruth calling his shot. Right. Did it really happen? Well, no. Right. Awesome if it did. Yeah. Which we just don't know because they're all dead and there was no camera phones. Right. Or TV, no. really. Like, <laughs> or cameras at all. Yeah. yeah. There so. was some one guy with a Polaroid. One guy with a Polaroid. <laughs> Back then, you had to you had to get underneath the curtain, and you had the flashbulb yeah. that exploded. So you know you weren't getting many photos. People died while sitting down for a photo. That's how long it took. Like you know what I mean? Like life. It was like you know you just like you'd be there for like a, like three days trying to get your photos, and you just died. <laughs> Should have taken it when you were thirteen. You know what I mean? Like life expectancy was eleven. <laughs> We should have definitely we should have started the process of this photo thing earlier, because yeah, the, you know, terrible life expectancy was like twenty four, and now it's like if your text message doesn't go through or like whatever you like freak out. Like I don't yeah. know if you remember the Louis C.K. thing where he's like, where he's like, could you just give it some time? It has to go to space. <laughs> like, Right. It's got to go to space, man. Like, you put it and it goes to a satellite, and then it comes back down to somebody else's phone. Like, yeah. like you fucking non-contributing asshole. Like, let it, <laughs> like, take some time. Like, you're so terrible. Like, you know what I mean? We fly from New York to California in six hours. People used to do that, and generations of families would be wiped out. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. We're mad that, like, you know, you, you hit send and it doesn't show. Well, what do you mean you don't have it right now? Restart your phone. Like, you're really like, let it go. The technology we have, it's, dude, it's not that long ago. 2007 was when we got a text message. Right. Yeah. We had to push, it seems like, like we back, but it's not. Back when we had to use T9. That was the shit. Dude, I would never text anybody because you had to hit, like, <laughs> the button three times to get to an I just get it. Get it. I'm not yep. texting you this whole thing. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> I think that's why I still prefer phone calls. Just like out of the like out of the just I have like PTSD from those old Star Tech phones and Nokia's. You know what I mean? Yep. Terrible. Terrible. It's thirty seven days to send. Where are you going to be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a simple <laughs> sentence that somebody knows how to do in like QWERTY keyboard now, where they just like drag their thumb across the thing and it's like, it like literally writes out a paragraph of a novel in like three seconds. And you're like, how do you do that? Right. And they're like, whatever, 
You don't know. <laughs> like, yes, I do know. I had a, it took me three days to send a text message at one point. So you son of a bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, got it. Like, like, buddy, I'm old enough to know <laughs> when there was an answer machine. So somebody could call you and you just would never know if you weren't home. Yeah. It was like a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah. You'd like get a message when you got home, like, and it would be on like a post-it note and so-and-so called. And you're like, oh, well, yeah. I was looking for them all night. Listen, man, when we went to college, there was no, there was no ATM. No. Like, if you went out on a Friday and had a blast, you were broke the rest of the weekend. You couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> like, you're just fucking gone. Yeah. Life yeah. was like way different back then. Oh, my God. Way different. And well, now everybody has it. And I am grumpy old guy when you come up to me and request something at the club. I'm like, sorry, I've lived. Get I have the right. Yeah. But it's yeah. funny, though. I mean, like, you talk about all the issues that we have, and it's like, man, in the 1800s, like, you had to, you didn't have to worry about your text messages not going through. You had to worry about, like, walking outside and getting attacked by, like, a fucking rattlesnake. Like, yeah. Tuberculosis killed you. you yeah. Know what I mean? Like, you were dead. Or you, if you got a paper cut or you cut yourself. Like, there's yeah, a good yeah, chance yeah. you're getting gangrene and dying. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what their coronavirus was? A cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nipples and die. Yeah. 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 So we're way ahead of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why, that's why I don't care what your political affiliations are, but if like somebody tells me tomorrow that if I wear, if I just, if like dressed in all yellow, hop on one foot and pray to the sun and coronavirus will disappear, you will see me on the street store and do it. Because I don't, I don't know anything. And that's right. what pisses me off about people who think they post stuff and they, you don't know as much shit as I don't know. You know right. what I mean? So I just have to trust. You know what I mean? Like, relax, conspiracy theory, Ken. Settle down. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I'm sure some of them are handling this poorly. But you know what? I don't have the access to the amazing people they do. So I'm just right. going to listen to them. Hopefully, yeah. they're getting it right. And there's no <laughs> political thing behind it. And they don't really want to see people's small businesses fall apart. And they don't want the economy to crash. And it's not about the new world order. Like, relax. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hold up your tinfoil hat and just log onto my live stream and shut up and have a drink. Yeah. And watch me DJ, bastard. All right. Listen, yeah. I'm going to wrap this thing up here. Um, wrap it. I'm not gonna really rap. I don't. I don't rap. I'm not a rapper. No, I was thinking you were talking about rapping something else up. I was gonna go somewhere with that. But I'm not gonna do that either. Uh, not yeah. here. I'm still at work. No. But, different podcast. Yeah, completely different. Um, one that I'm not gonna publicize either. Yeah. But, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I want to thank you for uh, two hours, about two hours of your time. Appreciate that. Yeah. Good talking. I'm glad you. you're happy. Yeah, dude, you know. and it was and it was good to see you in the fu- in the fucking yeah, man. Ever. I could see you. I haven't seen you in forever. And, uh, <laughs> it's because we're not allowed to go and he is a handsome dude. Okay, yeah. now, it's, now it's really time to go. I can't see you anymore. It got it got dark in your room. Yeah, it's dark in my room. It's dark in my room on purpose. Oh, okay. It's like a yeah. mystique. Let the mood lighting take place. Hold on, um, I'll uh, I'll turn. Turn the light on for you. There you go. There you go. Turn turn the light back off. Oh, God, that's what you look like? It's like at a club at 4 a.m. Oh, Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Well, well, listen. 
Um, before we before we get out of here, go ahead because eventually yeah. we're going to be able to do stuff again, and people are going to get married, and people are going to have parties, and hopefully, yeah. you know, be allowed to be near each other in some way, shape, yeah, or form. Yeah, I think so. Uh, God, I hope so. Uh, plug all the stuff that you got, where they can get a hold of you, hire you for their wedding, their funeral. They just don't know automatically. They don't already know. I do. I do. You I don't, don't do air, you don't do promo drops in your podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I don't. Uh, by the way, I'm one of those guys that doesn't have a DJ drop, and I and I, you know what I mean, like where my name dropped over your listening to notice. I so I would never ask you to do that either. Like I'm a non DJ drop guy. What I think it would be what would be hilarious before you before you plug all your socials and ways to get all you get a bunch of random ass people to do drops for you. Yeah, like, like the guy that like, yeah, like the guy at the corner store. Yeah. Like, What's hey, up? This, this is this is Mike from Cumberland Farms. You're in the mix of Tony. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who this guy is, but uh, listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> Dentist. <laughs> you should listen to him. Yeah, great teeth. Uh, so yeah, so my stuff. Uh, all right. Well, you know, Instagram is my big thing. I'm on Instagram a lot, so Instagram. Uh, backslash Tony Platinum. Um, you can find me on Facebook at the same thing. Uh, and then the, uh, you know, the official company, um, you can find me at, uh, Platinum Entertainment as well as Tony Platinum, both on the web. So, the, you know, PlatinumEntertainment.com, TonyPlatinum.com. Follow you to all my socials and stuff. And listen, you know, we are trying to, um, on these live streams, you know, get more people involved, but I understand, you know, like Dred talked about the Twitch is the big thing right now. So it's not, you know, you've got 17 apps that fix the photo you took 25 minutes ago before you even post it. You can just download Twitch and, uh, watch some of us. It's, you know, it's, it's, we're pretty in, uninterrupted on there. So it's really, really good. And they log the, the videos so you can go back and watch anytime you want and have your own party anytime you want, uh, nice. from our mixes. So uh, twitch.tv backslash Tony Platinum as well. Uh, pretty much, I'm I'm good. If you search Tony Platinum across any social media or Platinum Entertainment, you're gonna find me. Um, I tried to make it as simple as possible for people, and apparently there was no other Tony Platinum. So great, perfect. So and probably didn't want to be. <laughs> well, listen, man. Uh, we will do this again eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for. Some of your time, even though you didn't really have anything else to do, just fine. No, no, I have nothing. I have no friends. I have nothing. I have no, I have no friends before this, so this <laughs> actually worked out for me. Like, this, was, this was good. Uh, no, but listen, can I say thank you to you? Um, I think this is great. Um, just you, even just having an outlet for people just to chat about nonsense. If people like it, that's awesome. So keep doing what you do, and to everybody out there, just uh, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, and once we get through this. Just Cool. Awesome, man. Thank you uh, for the kind words and thank you for your time. Appreciate you, buddy.